Bring Sammy packing down Green River Valley I knew that if you couldn't then No one would have Lost myself drinking Yo, this is Adam with Mile High Stash The podcast that asks what five albums You would take to a remote Colorado cabin In the event of a zombie apocalypse Armed only with food, water And a crank-powered Victrola we had um, a little bit of uh, pretty serious winter in Colorado, and now we're back to fall, um, as often happens here. Um, I even got to go paddleboarding twice over the weekend, uh, once with the lovely Michaela and once with my wonderful kiddo. Um, winter will be back soon, for sure, um, but... Mile High Stash won't be back for the foreseeable future after next week's episode with Taylor Sims, uh, which will be the last episode of season one. Uh, last episode ever. I don't know about that. We will see. Uh, today, we've got Mark Towns of the rock and roll band Kindhearted Strangers as our guest. And this Friday night at Spirit Hound Distillery in Lyons, Colorado, I will be interviewing Taylor Sims, um, in front of a live audience. Um, it'll be the third ever live recording of, uh, Mile High Stash. I hope to see you there at 7 PM Friday night. Um, and then Taylor's episode, the last edition of Mile High Stash for, um, at least a long while, uh, will air on Monday morning. All right. Today is all that matters for the moment. Um, and I can't wait to share my conversation with Kind Hearted Strangers guitarist and frontman Mark Towns, who started Kind Hearted Strangers in the Boulder area and is now living on the road, basically, uh, taking the band all over the country um, and spreading the gospel of the Kind Hearted Strangers like wildfire. Um, these guys are road warriors. Um, and their latest album, Now Here, shows off that road-tested rock and roll spirit um, with a little of a jam element. Um, I would say if they have a jam element, it's like how my morning jacket has a jam element or, you know, the Grateful Dead of the Skull and Roses bar band era had a jam element. Um, anyway, here is my chat with Mark Towns of Kind Heart of Strangers after some words from one of my favorite places on earth, the historic Jamestown Mercantile. This episode of Mile High Stash is brought to you in part by the historic Jamestown Mercantile. From the gourmet brunch menu, wood-fired pizza nights, and ever-changing dinner specials, the food at the Merc is always worth the beautiful Canyon Drive. More than a fantastic restaurant, the Merc is also Jamestown's community meeting place, a mountain hangout, a stop for cyclists and tourists, and a great place to see live music. Head to jamestownmercantile.com for more info. All right. Okay. Okay. Mark Towns or Mark Towns Van Zant. Um, is that your real name? Are you really Mark Towns? Yeah, man. Yeah. 
Yeah, I've got uh, everyone in my family has four names. So, what are your four names? <laughs> my full name is Mark Emerson Towns Rasmussen. Uh, my social security number is. That's an epic name. I mean, that's a. Why don't you use that whole thing? Uh, it it's just you know we find ourselves in a lot of loud, crowded music halls or bars or whatever, yeah. and uh, it's already too much for most people to handle. So. Yeah, just yeah. give them the, the quick and easy version. I'm gonna ask you your life story, where you're from, how the band started, all that shit. But I, I want to ask you first a ridiculous, intimate question. Um, yeah, man. I had not met you until you got on stage with us um, and jammed out. And Hunter Stone had said, "Oh, my friend's in the crowd. He's in this band." Uh, um, the kind-hearted strangers i'd seen you guys at the avery anniversary thing but is getting on stage with someone you know before you've even met them is it a little bit like having sex with someone who you haven't even had a conversation with <laughs> uh i don't know if i have the uh experience in life to necessarily relate those but <laughs> It's got, it's gotta be. Yeah. It's gotta be. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's gotta yeah. be a little bit. Yeah. It's great. It's, uh, uh, yeah. You definitely feel something. <laughs> you feel I'm, that's a great, it's absurd. I love it. I'm not asking whether it's as good, you know, I'm just saying, is it, uh, similar? Cause I've thought about things in that way before. It's like, I know nothing about you. I don't even know your last name and here we are getting down together. Well, you gotta make you gotta have a connection, otherwise nothing's happening at all. So yeah. 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 And it's all it's all about a feeling mm-hmm. that you're experiencing together. So yeah. I guess so. Yeah. Uh, so take us all the way back. Where is Mark Towns from? Yeah. Um so I'm originally born and raised in Richmond, Virginia. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, and I guess very first relationship with music uh, comes from my father. He, rather than tell me bedtime stories, um, he was a folk singer and played folk music, um, you know, pre-British invasion. Mm-hmm. He was very, um, very into the whole era of the Kingston Trio and all, all that sort of music. Mm-hmm. And he, he is a songbook and mm. he, Rather than tell me bedtime stories, he sat down with an acoustic guitar next to my crib as a little kid and and played music to me. And I've had this really amazing thing happen in life um, a few times, very specifically, where it's it's really freaked me out in a really good way, um, where I've heard a song. and, And this is, you know, 20 years later from those early baby experiences. Um. I'd hear a song out there in the world and I would know the words to it, but I'd be mm. hearing it for the first time. And it was, a, I mean, it's a really kind of trippy feeling when that happen, has happened. Um, but, you know, it's definitely very much a, an important part of who I am. And, you know, these, some of these old folk songs are just in me yeah. and, I, and I know them and it's these melodies and, you know, I think there's certain um, artists who 
were inspired by classical music way back in the day and, and that comes across in their things and i'm sure there's just all these old there, there are songs from the great american songbook these these folk songs that mm-hmm. you know people prior to recorded music were just playing and sharing and um different versions of those um were given to me as an infant and i think there's certainly melodies within that mm-hmm. um yeah that, that, I, that are just a part of who I am, which has been really cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. When did you first pick up a guitar? Um, I first picked up a guitar because, you know, it was present in my life. I saw it. I, I remember from being a really little kid, honestly, just like the smell of the guitar case and mm. the guitar that was in there. I remember yeah. that so well. Um I want to say it was like third grade or something like that. I I expressed enough interest to have to get a lesson. And Mm -hmm. I don't know how many lessons I actually went to or took, but it wasn't what I wanted. Um, Mm -hmm. I remember this person was trying to teach me how to play when the saints go marching in on one string. Mm -hmm. And I was like, that's, that's not guitar. Mm -hmm. And I, and I was out and I stopped, I quit. Uh, was not into it, uh, was much more into baseball and, and anything else. And, yeah. um, then at a certain point, I think I followed the natural progression in music history and I started discovering the rock and roll that came after that folk stuff mm. kind of on my own. Um, and there's a couple pretty influential people in my life, um, in the middle school range, um, mm-hmm. started becoming really good friends with the other kids who were into music. And, and I, I asked for an electric guitar at some point and, yeah. you know, it was, it was things like Hendrix that were like, I was like, I have to know how to do that. Mm-hmm. And eventually the thing that really stuck to me, was like, um, and any friends in life that have been like, you know, where do you start on an instrument? I'm like, to me, it was hearing a particular song or, you know, it could be, it, it eventually needs to be more than one, but mm-hmm. hearing a song and being like, I have to do that. You know, there's no question. Mm-hmm. I have to learn how to make that happen. Um, and it's funny because I don't even know how to play it now, but I remember one of the first ones was Here, There and Everywhere by the Beatles. Yeah. Just something about that progression. I was like, I have to know how to do that. So that, that's tough. That, like, that, yeah, that's but a tough one. I was like, something about those chords within that. I was like, I need to know what those are and do those. Yeah. And then, and then I definitely, for a long time, was getting into all that Hendrix stuff and him reaching his thumb over the back of the neck and and doing things wrong. Really, I mean, if you were to take mm. lessons, most most teachers would be like, don't do that. But, right. Uh, the, the kind of people who were playing those ways, um, say like a Richie Havens as well, mm. just going against all, all uh, traditional methods. Mm. Something, something about their music, I found very attractive and wanted to learn how to do that. So that's that's kind of how I got into that. And so you weren't trying to learn i can't explain and you really got me like you were like i i want to learn the tricky stuff i think so yeah i mm-hmm. guess yeah i don't know it's, always, it's just always like particular songs that i'm like mm-hmm. that 
it's a melody thing. It's it's like something more than just. I mean, now I'm I'm very happy to chunk on easier rock stuff and just mm. jam out with the band and have fun with it that way. Yeah. But I think the early relationship with the instrument was like, how do I do that thing? Because I haven't heard yeah. anyone else do that thing, and like I want to know what that is. Yeah. So yeah. I'm going to ask you your five albums that you would take to a remote Colorado cabin in the event of a zombie apocalypse. But mm. first, if you could, you know, give me the cliff's notes of like starting your first your first band, maybe in middle school or something, um, and how that led all the way up to Kindhearted Strangers. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, I think it, it comes from, you know, this is like middle school era, just figuring out what it was I was interested in and really finding my friends through that. Mm -hmm. Like my best friends all through middle school and high school, that's what we did. I mean, we were just like, you know, I'd work all summer and, and save up and just to buy another guitar. Because I, for whatever mm -hmm. reason, that next different one was the one I needed. Yeah. And I, I just remember always, always working hard for that. And, uh, you know, I was definitely less interested in like a car at that point as mm -hmm. I was like, I, I need this, I need a strap, you know, <laughs> like yeah. I'm like really wanting those things. Um, yeah. And, 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 you know, this is the era of, you know, we don't have Spotify yet. Um, you know, we're just learning how to steal music from Kazaa and LimeWire and all that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so there's like, I feel like at that time, because it was harder to get access to it. And this is, this is, I'm sure, exactly the thing, you know, uh, older generations would say about having physical records. Mm -hmm. But like the acquisition of the music made you more attached to it. Yeah. So yeah. like, it's like, oh, we got, I got this Strokes album and like, I'm like, you know, I didn't just click a button and it started playing. And like, I had to go bring a hard drive over to my mm -hmm. friend's house and sit on his computer and like organize the files and then throw them into this thing and throw them into mm -hmm. my iPod or whatever. And then it's like, you, t it just took a little more work to get mm -hmm. it or, or like even before that, I remember going to 7-Eleven and you get a Slurpee and you peel back the the thing and there was a code for one song on yeah. iTunes that you yeah. could download, you know, and like you're getting that one song, that one song meant more to you mm -hmm. just because you had to, it just took a little more effort to get it. And uh, I think, you know, we were, you know, finding my best friends through those experiences we we're listening to the same sort of stuff and we we're like, all right, let's, let's make stuff. And somehow pretty early on, like middle school and early high school, I was writing stuff and I don't know how to, I still don't know how to read music or anything, but mm -hmm. I was just like chasing things on the guitar. I'm like you learn a chord, you learn a shape from something. You learn how to do that funky like e that hendrix is always using that seven thing that mm -hmm. i don't know some people call it like the devil's or i don't know what it was but you you start learning shapes from things like that and you're like okay now i have that in my arsenal and working from that i started writing a lot and, mm -hmm. and recording things a lot in super lo-fi way um but at that point i was way too afraid of 
social things to be the singer. I was mm. never, I was not going to be that person. Um, and one of my best friends was down to be the singer. So he sang and, and at a certain point we didn't even have a bass player. There was three of us who played guitar and a drummer, um, who was our friend from another school. And we would trade off who would play bass and, um, then eventually another friend of ours started playing bass and then we were this, you know, three guitar band, which is, I still think is people pull it off in a professional way, but you know, when you're young and you're just making lots of noise, right. there's just a lot of guitars going on. Um, yeah, we, we, we just kept writing stuff and, and even going into college, um, maintain those relationships with my good friends from high school mm-hmm. and we would write or play stuff as, trio or duo from time to time um and i just always kept writing mm-hmm. that, that was the that was the big thing I, like and to me it wasn't ever i'm saving this up to then turn it into something i think it was just the way i would process the world it was like it very much became a, a meditation in my life to mm-hmm. do that it's it's just feels healthy it's it's just think in many ways it's like exercise it's like it's for the mind and the soul and yeah and it's physical as well and just always kept that going um till eventually meeting the guys in colorado eventually i moved to colorado and and met the guys in the van and and that kind of fell into place in a nice way and eventually i had this realization that the songs that I had written and I was feeling good about them um, and, and they were just coming out all the time. You know, this wasn't, this was new stuff. Uh, not, not trying to make things out of the old things from high school really, but just continuing to write. Eventually I was like, all right, the only way these are ever going to get played is if I'm the one who sings it. Yeah. And this um, new Kind Hearted Strangers album, is it your second full length? Is that right? It's- Correct. Yeah. Yep. Um, it just came out, right? Yep. In, uh, in April. Yep. Yeah. And it's, it, I'm hearing My Morning Jacket. I'm hearing Early Wilco, the band. I mean, all that good stuff. And um, in Colorado, you hear a lot of bluegrass, a lot of jam bands, you know. So how does it feel to do something that's more rock and still be embraced? Yeah, I mean, it feels great. I, I think we're just, I, I love that you mentioned those those names because those are all people that have influenced us and mm-hmm. that's music we love. And I, I mean, I, I think it's similar to, you know, going back to the early days of making any music at all. It's it's mm-hmm. like you end up surrounding yourself with your friends and the people mm-hmm. you want to be working with and doing that. And, and we have found that connection through our love of, of a mutual sound. And it's, I think it's just us just being ourselves. It's, I don't, hmm. I don't really have a desire to, to do anything else. I mean, that's, that's, what's fun is it's like, there's a lot of other work that goes into it, but when it ultimately comes down to just playing the whole reason we're doing this, thing is it's fun and it, and it feels good. And Yeah. How important is style in your band? You know, because you look, I mean, the people listening obviously can't see, but you have an incredible mustache and um, you look like a mixture of Dickie Betts, 
maybe a little like Rick Danko, Robbie Robertson, and then also Kramer, like a little Kramer. Oh, wow. Thank you. I particularly love that last one. Yeah. So how, like, is, is this something intentional in the band, you know, to um, not look like shit, you know, like to have some style? Um, I don't know how to answer that really other than I've realized that we just look like we could not possibly hold any other job. Yeah. Um, no, it's not intentional. I mean, yeah. I, I realize my, my hair got a lot longer, but that's just cause we've been traveling in a van for a really long time. And, uh, yeah, eventually you look around and everyone else has a beard because it's like, you're just on the move. You don't care. It's like, yeah until your face starts itching so much you just it just yeah. happens it's just more and you don't you know this is actually a funny thing you realize when you don't i've been living out of the van since uh may 1st i just stopped paying rent because i realized how dense our tour schedule was there's mm -hmm. no point um and then you know even it's it's you notice it in some of these funny rock clubs too there's just not a lot of mirrors going on <laughs> in life right now i don't even know what i look like that was my next question for you. Yeah. That was my next question for you, though, because you have a beautiful mustache, and I'm trying to think of what like the best mustaches in rock and roll history are. I bet a lot of them are in the Allman Brothers, you know. But living in a van and um, backstage bathrooms and stuff like that, how do you keep it? So I mean, I mean, you're actually like well shaved and trimmed and all that. Oh, thanks, man. Well, that was this was a luxury this morning. Uh, we stayed in a hotel last night, which was amazing. Uh, got some good sleep and I was able to trim this up because eventually it, it gets in the way of just just eating food like a human being. Right. So that's that's all this is. Yeah. OK, thank you. So what are your five albums that you would take to a remote Colorado cabin? in the event of a zombie apocalypse armed only with food, water, and a crank powered Victrola. Um, are they allowed to be double LPs? Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. All right. Let's go. Let's see. Um, exile. Exile yes. on main street. That's just critical. I would throw in because there's going to be some times when we're on a, we're in a cabin mm -hmm. or an island, I guess either way. Um, need something funky and live. So that would be the Donny Hathaway live record. Oh, sweet. That just makes me, yeah. I just need that, that really, we call it good mood food. Yeah. Yeah. So that's important. And uh, I would throw Planet Waves by Dylan. Wow. That is, 
that is when I get into these arguments. I'm a huge, massive Dylan fan, and I get in arguments with other massive Dylan fans about like best records. That one just does something to me, and it's I just love it. I love it so much. There's so many tracks on there that are just they speak to me. It's got the band playing on it, so it's it's secretly it's really a band record. With Dylan Tuff Mama is a good one. Dylan singing. Oh yeah. Yeah. You and Angel, you never say goodbye. I mean, it's just like there's just something about that. I just I I love that album. Forever, yeah, both Mm -hmm. Forever Youngs. I love the fast one too. That one's really fun. Um, Let's see. This is where it gets tricky because I want to throw a Beatles record on there, but I know them so well. That mm-hmm. I don't, it's they're in my head already. So I don't know if I have to have it on the list. It's definitely in my top 10. A lot mm-hmm. of those. Um, oh, this is tricky. Um, I'm going to throw all things must pass on there. Yeah, that's good because it's, it's also, long too. It's long. It's a monster. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's just, there are things. That's one that over the past few years, the more I hear it, Mm-hmm. The more I'm like, there's something else within all of these songs. It's it's just very special. Yeah. And there's in it. If I'm ever feeling any sort of anxiety or anything mm. like that, I've learned that there are some tracks on there that can really calm me down nice. in a really nice way. Yeah. It's one of those records where it's, you know, it's almost an aside, like, oh, yeah, yeah, I know all things must pass. But then you actually put it on, especially on vinyl, and listen to the whole thing. And you realize, wow, I can learn something new or something I completely forgot every single time I dropped the needle on this record. Totally, totally. Yeah. And there's there's all these fun jams on the end mm-hmm. of it. It's just, it's just, that's even more, uh, you know, being in this cabin. Yeah. You know. It's throwing a bunch of double LPs on there. Great. Um, and then I got I got one more. Yeah, one more. Uh, one more. Okay. Fifth and final. Hmm. This is where I got my Donny Hathaway on there, but I don't have any true songwriter acoustic stuff yet. But I'm going to have a guitar with me in this remote situation anyway, and that's me. So I'm good there. All right. Okay. I'll, I'll go with, I'm going to go with uh, sitting on the dock of the bay. Otis. Nice. Wow. Otis. I left my home in Georgia and I headed for the Frisco Bay. 
was I've got nothing to live for Look like nothing's gonna come my way So I'm just gonna sit on the darker bay Watching the tide Top, top favorite singer of all time. Um, that's a thing. There's a period where um, very fortunate to spend spend some time working at the Boulder Theater um, mm-hmm. on the the crew side there, and absolutely love that experience. Um, forever have that with me, and all the wonderful people I got to work with and help me grow as an individual. And one of my rituals at the end of the night, I, I would be a house manager there, um, you know, doing settlements putting the numbers together and that kind of thing. And, mm-hmm. you know, however long of a night it has been on my feet, um, every night I would go up and put on that record and I'd have a Guinness and nice. that would be my nightly ritual. And I just love it. That, that album never gets old to me. It's, it's just, it feels so good. You can have that be your nightly ritual with the zombies at your door as well. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. You know, although yeah. you want to have Guinness, you know, you can pretend to have Guinness. I'll pretend at least. Yeah, yeah. I was just at the Boulder Theater the other night with my kid to see uh, "Stop Making Sense," which was fantastic. And I don't know, is it only me who is convinced that there is a giant vagina on the ceiling at the Boulder Theater? Is it just me? Oh, yeah. Well, there's something else on the front of the theater as well. Something else. And, uh, okay. A, a counterpart to that okay, counterpart. outside of the theater if you if you look closely you'll you'll see more yeah okay now that we're on yeah someone got away with a really really long-term joke on all of us yeah I'm, I'm proud of them for doing that yeah it's brilliant well now that we're on the subject of um uh <laughs> vaginas and, and other things uh you sent me a text that I really appreciated. And I don't think anyone's ever done this before in the 54 episodes or so of the show, but you said that you want to discuss three things. And the first one was love. So what are your thoughts right now on love? My thoughts right now on love are that I, I mean, there's a lot of different versions of love. There's mm-hmm. romantic love. Um, there's a love for your family and those around you. There's a love for your peers. Um, I love the band that I'm in right now. I love these individuals so much. And I, I think that's an important thing that we do every single night. Um, I think we we walk this line of, of, you know, dipping into this jam band world and then also being a band that has songs and, and you know, rehearsed material. But we like to open them up. And mm-hmm. um, I, I will say every show is different every single night and, and the biggest thing that I've learned in sharing that space and, and what makes it really happen, um, I'll, and I'll just close my eyes sometimes and, and do this, but just to feel what's going on in the room, mm-hmm. um, especially with the, the people I'm on stage with, but everyone in the room is, you know, if, if you send love out and, and you, you are open to receive love. Yeah more can happen you, you feel what's going on around you and, and i think we absolutely play our best when we all know on stage together that we love one another and we have each other's backs and we're there there for each other no matter what because this it's a family and mm-hmm. for 
um, any of the, the partners of, of my band members, I apologize for stealing mm. them from you for so long. Yeah. Um, but you know, we're thinking of you too all the time. And, and uh, yeah, I, I just, I just think that's, that's, it's such an important thing to, to share that with one another and, and let it be known. I think it's really important to tell people you love them. It's only does good. So. Well, the second thing on your list was family, but you already mentioned that is, is that most of your family experience right now is these guys on the road with you? Uh, it is, but uh, you know, I think we all, we're all learning to, to give each other space to, to be there for our families and mm. be in touch with our families. And I've found that honestly, the more I travel, the more I make sure I'm in touch with my family. Mm. It, it's kind of a funny thing, but I, I've been away from Virginia for a very long time. And I, I talk to my family members often and, you know, my mom and my dad, I, t- I talk to them all the time. Um, and I just want to, cause I want to, maybe it's a little bit of a guilty thing that I'm not there, but, um, I just, you know, I want them to know that I'm thinking about them and, mm-hmm. and uh, we, you know, we do when we are touring, we, we try to make it. So we're, we're passing through these places. We grew up. Um, some of the guys are, we're about to head up towards Maryland pretty soon on this tour We're down mm-hmm. in South Carolina right now, but we're, we're heading up the coast and we'll get some time with some of the different family members of the band and, and, you know they've always brought us in with open arms we did mm. a thanksgiving with some of them last year which was great yeah um yeah but i guess yeah maybe the other piece of that is it's also just you know continuing to grow up you learn how important that is and mm. we we found our limits this year um going out for we did two weeks on one week off seven weeks on one week off three wow. weeks on for a stretch and at a certain point we you know that was getting really really difficult and i'm i'm sorry we had to learn it that way i'm sorry that i had to i guess but mm. we learned that you know we need more time to have a community and have a family and go back to something because if you're just out there for a little too long there's you need something to hold on to some kind of home base well, that was the third thing that that was the third thing that you mentioned was home. So, you know, you mentioned it before, you know, living in a van since May and and now you are talking about having a home base. So what does the word home mean to you right now? I, I don't know the total answer right now to that, but because it's it's changing all the time and it, mm-hmm. it's something I think about often. Um I think home is, is people, it's particular people in my life. Yeah. Home. Um, and that place is, it's changed. I mean, I was in Colorado for seven or eight years, um, went to Nashville about a year and a half ago and then it was living there, but then we started touring so hard that I wasn't really there that much and just Mm -hmm. made the decision to put my stuff in a storage unit. Um, but we've, you know, part of what we've done this whole year is this past year was go to a lot of new places for the first time and um, 
we, you know, we figure out which, which of those places, you know, we've seen some really amazing spots and some of them have really stood out because the people are so warm and welcoming there and, and they respond to the thing that we're doing. And, and so we've been going back a lot and, you know, here I am in Charleston, South Carolina right now. and mm-hmm. We just did four days of, of music and different things all around here. We've been spending a bunch of time here and it's, it's just been amazing. And mm-hmm. this, this is a home to me. It's really mm-hmm. feels like a home. There's people who welcome us into their homes and take care of us. We've got a bunch of those all over the country and, and uh you know at a certain point i i look forward to having a spot again that i would call my own um yeah that would be nice a nice place to regroup and and make more art um but it is it's been very nice to to have many homes right now Mm. it's been wonderful that's a very thoughtful answer mark towns thank you yeah yeah what do you have coming up in Colorado this this uh I mean it feels like it's winter but it's technically still fall you know but in the next couple months yeah um so I mean as I sort of alluded to we've been going pretty hard this year mm-hmm. um we're trying to get like over 100 shows in I think it's like 120 or something like that for the mm-hmm. year of, um you know, not including all those travel days. So we're going to have December and January off the road, mm-hmm. um, kind of just focus on the other things in our life that are very important to make us human beings. You can't make art without the other relationships in your life existing. There's, there's no point, but, um, February, we're going to go and, and do the Southeast once more. Um, mm-hmm hit a lot of great spots there and then march we got a ton of colorado stuff all in march um we've had a lot of fun uh, over the past few years playing at ski resorts yeah at the you know the base of the mountain um and maybe we can just get those gigs because we're the only ones dumb enough to accept them but uh you know you, you learn to adapt you learn to stuff hand warmers in weird places and, and uh yeah you layer up and and uh one of the things I've learned to do is you got to, depending on how cold it is, I mean, you're playing in the snow and, uh, yeah, yeah. We, uh, have learned to front load the set with the stuff that requires a little more dexterity. You gotta, you gotta kind of do moving. the opposite. Get moving, get moving early yeah. to do the stuff that, yeah. And then, uh, try to make it. So, you know, towards the end of that set, it's hopefully muscle memory because you may not be able to feel your hands. Yeah, exactly. We've always, we've always liked the extreme conditions. It's 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 fun to challenge ourselves that way. It's like feast or famine, you know. Like I I remember um, all the times I've played at Copper in the middle of winter, and it's freezing cold and it's snowing. But then also sometimes you know they put those heaters on you, and then it's so hot that you feel like your 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 clothes are gonna get set on fire. So it's it's like it's like both of those things. That but, literally. That has literally happened to us. Kevin oh, yeah. caught on fire one time. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, the worst one um, is the stage in Avon that's right on the water. And sometimes they open that wall behind you and there's wind. And oh, like boy. my symbols are, are just like floating all over the place and shit. But, you know, it's an experience. It sure is. I yeah. love it. I love it. It makes all the other gigs for the rest of the year a lot easier. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Which is fun. Yeah. Well, thank you for talking with me. And I wanted to uh, rapid, rapid fire, if you can, you gave me your top five albums that you would want in this, this like horrifying scenario, you know, but five favorite rock and roll mustaches. It, just off the top of your head. Croce, number one. Okay. All time. Yeah. That was quick. Jim Croce. Oh, he's my hero. I'm sorry his record didn't go on there, but it's all of his music is yeah. He's in my top favorite musicians of all time. Um Dwayne Allman. Which is kind of a you know, hybrid. That's sort of a beard too. It's a whole right. thing. It's a mustache though. Yeah, the mustache uh, is prominent. Yeah. George, George Harrison. That's a good one. Yeah. He had a lot of different phases, but uh, there was a mustache phase. Pretty great stuff, huh? Yeah. And it's, and it's some of his records, he had some pretty great stashes. Um, hmm. I'm blanking here, man. I don't know. I guess there was an era where everyone kind of just had that. You could say yourself, you know, that's, that's, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Hmm. Usually this is not something I do to give a suggestion. However, I'm I'm in, emphatic that you can't leave Frank Zappa off this list. Oh, that's true. That's what yeah. a lot of um older people in public when they're afraid of me, they tell me that I look like Frank oh, Zappa. Yeah. So yeah, and I love it. I'll take that yeah. all day. Yeah. I love it. He was brilliant. Yeah, let's go with Zappa. Okay, and, one more. And um, just because it's almost in the same thing as as Dwayne, uh, and I just love it, Lemmy. Yes. Fuck Motorhead. Yes. Yep. Yes. Yep. Yep. We've yeah. had a lot of fun get, getting into his zone. It's it has been really fun to just get down on some some heavy riffs and you know get spooky with it. So definitely <laughs> Lemmy. That's my walk-up song on my softball team is is um, Damage Case by Motorhead. I mean, doesn't get much better. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for talking with me and um, have a great tour and keep working on that sense of home. I mean, it's it sounds like you're doing a good job. Thank you, brother. Thank you so much for having me, man. This has been wonderful hanging and talking with you. Absolutely. Have a great day. Thank you. You too, brother. Peace. I'll give you another hour then I gotta run. I gotta fly away. Leave you to fall. Leave you to stuff your flowers. That was Mark Towns of Kindhearted Strangers and his amazing mustache. Um, you can find uh, not the mustache, but you know, you, you can find Kindhearted Strangers on all the streaming platforms and on tour pretty much everywhere um i hope you look them up and i hope to see you this friday night if you're in northern colorado i will be recording a live episode of mile high stash this friday night 7 p.m at spirit hound and lions taylor sims of everybody loves an outlaw and the bonnie and taylor sims band will play some tunes and then get interviewed by me and then play some more tunes and um spirit hound has the best whiskey and gin and all kind of stuff anywhere um 
Taylor's episode, The Last Mile High Stash for the Foreseeable Future, will air on Monday. Um, be kind to your own hearts, strangers. Uh, and if you love someone, call them right now. Like, right now. So you want to rise above duality. You want to transcend day and night. Yes, I'm old-fashioned. I just don't show your passion for ever-changing eternal twilight. Go on and give oblivion a shot. Go on and fade to grey.